Hey everyone, welcome back to the Dreaming in the Hollow podcast. Today I had a wonderful time speaking with Bina Byrne from Rootstock Retreat in Glover, Vermont. Bina offers a multitude of healing modalities where people can come to her location um, up on the mountain and have a healing journey slash retreat. Um, she covers quite a few modalities here, plant medicine, uh, kundalini, ceremony and ritual, and elemental healing. Um, and I wanted to bring her on. I just thought it was a really important time for everybody to access and reach um, some extra powerful healing tools and modalities at this time. Um, and Bina offers um, quite a few of them. And I really appreciated this conversation today as we dove into um, healing with psychedelics, uh, healing with breath work, and healing with place and land um, and, and the elements and nature. And I think that's really important for all of us right now. Um, and this is such a beautiful conversation. And at the second segment, we do a breathwork practice together that you can follow along with us. Um, and I can't tell you how much better I feel after doing this very quick, very accessible breathwork um, practice. Um, my headache's gone, I feel lighter, I have a little more energy, and I'm going to keep doing it every day through this pandemic era <laughs> to keep my feet on the ground while I offer healing work to others in my community too. So thank you so much for tuning in. Please check out um, Bina at the links in the show notes and check out the resources in the show notes and enjoy, enjoy, enjoy this episode. Okay, we did it. We're here. Thank you for coming on, Bina, and offering your amazing um, modalities and giving all of us an opportunity to to learn about um, what you're doing up in the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. I'm glad to be here with you. Yeah, so just first off, I was hoping you could... Uh, just describe where you are um, and what that's like and how you're doing and then um, tell us a little bit about uh, what you do and what you offer to the community here. That sounds good. Where I am geographically and emotionally and energetically. <laughs> sure. Okay. Yeah. All of the above. Um, I <laughs> am located on a beautiful little uh, mountain in West Glover in Vermont's Northeast Queendom. And my home is also my church and my business, and it's called Rootstock Retreat. And that's where I'm sitting right now in front of the fire um, with my old cat. I'm happy to be talking to you. Um, my, you know, where I am energetically, I think this is a really weird time um, mm-hmm. to be alive. It's a really exciting and scary time. And so I think I'm just, I feel grateful to have this vista, to have this sanctuary um, from which to kind of watch the world turn. Um, and some days that feels like uh, really a big blessing. And other days I feel a little guilty because I want to 
I guess, suffer more <laughs> or be in the mix. Um, and mm-hmm. so it's been a real roller coaster of just trying to figure out how to um, stay safe and well and sort of on track, but also connected and in service to this changing world. Absolutely. Yeah, I think we're all resonating with that very thing that you mentioned here. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> the sort of the balance between service and and rest mm-hmm. and self-care too. Mm-hmm. Um, so your um, little mountain cabin there yeah. um, is Rootstock Retreat, yes. uh, which I know some about, but not completely about, because I know I think we've both been so busy with our um, facilitating spaces um, that I haven't quite had uh, a time to kind of tap into what you're doing. So you do a multitude of things, it sounds like. Yeah, definitely. It's a little cauldron here of mm-hmm. of healing and sort of consciousness and presence. And, you know, um, basically Rootstock was born out of my own sort of healing trajectory. And also I asked myself this question really um, directly, which was how do I want to grow old? And And what does that look like? And what, you know, how do I want to hold myself in this process? And I just started to kind of, from a very, um, I guess, sort of individual or self-centered way, um, imagine the things that make me feel well, you know, like what makes me feel nurtured, what makes me feel healthy, um, what makes me feel able to um, be really generous. And so I just started to kind of imagine my, my, my dream world, my dream life. And, um, what I realized in the course of, of sort of dreaming this dream life, it's filled with elemental healing, which is like rustic hydrotherapy. So wood fired hot tubs and cold dunk tubs and garden tubs filled with garden tea and St. John's wort flowers and chaga and, um, ceremonial space. So fire pits and temple spaces and altars where, um, I can sort of feel the seasons change and just honor transitions in my life and the lives of people around me. Um, a really comfortable kind of safe sort of womb space to just, yeah, be able to be really vulnerable and really honest. And all of these things Mm -hmm. kind of came together into this very little, um, and very sparkly little retreat center, um, yeah. yeah, so that's kind of a, a little gist <laughs> of rootstock. Yeah. 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 And, and what's unique about rootstock, I mean, so basically people are coming from afar up to the, your, um, cabin, which is really perched on a mountain. <laughs> literally. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah. Um, Bina and I are only what, maybe f- less than four miles away from each yeah. other, but our, our weather is totally different um it's it's really interesting so yeah there's a microclimate up here I'm I'm at 2250 feet above sea level on the north face yeah. of Beach Hill and so yeah. it's um it's raining at the bottom of the hill that I live on and it's snowing at my house and so yeah my growing mm-hmm. season is very short my um yeah, it's 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 a mm-hmm. it's a rugged little world. <laughs> very wild, yeah, it's, very beautiful. It's super yeah, super unique. So basically people are coming up for retreat. Um and, exactly. and when they come, yeah, when they come up, um 
maybe you can just share like what typically happens or what you offer to them individually. Yeah. Definitely. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the retreats, you know, again, the retreats were just kind of, um, it's been so organic, this whole process. And so it's, it's, Mm -hmm. I love your questions because it kind of challenges me to like find like the beginning of the threads, but um, yeah, yeah. because this is fairly new. Yeah. Rootstock Rootstock was born in my mind, um, you know, about a year and a half ago and really came to life in October of 2019. Um, mm-hmm. with the, the beginning of this, um, the first event that was really like branded and sort of like held at Rootstock was this 100 hour transformation fire, which was this really profoundly healing, wild experience. And so from then, it's really just been this process of trying to understand how to share this beautiful world that I'm making. And what I found is because of the scale of it is pretty little, um, that, you know, one, two, three people at a time that are interested in either, you know, reconnecting with the earth, um, exploring their consciousness, finding some kind of um, pathway towards um, like a soul led sort of entrepreneurship. You know, it's basically, it's, it's like truth serum, but in incarnate. Mm-hmm. And so there's all these ways for um, the myself and this place to basically sort of invite people to really like explore themselves. What's in their, what is in their consciousness? What is in their mind? What's in their body? Um, and so there's all these different modalities of drawing it out, working with it, um, moving through it, and then actually integrating it into life. So the people that are coming here are usually coming for one of four things. Um, and it's really rare that any one of those things happens in a vacuum. So all four of these things that I'm holding really um, uh, work together, but people come here for plant medicine retreats. So I work with um, a variety of different kinds of plant medicine um, in a really therapeutic setting to support people to reconnect um, with their with their source, with their consciousness, with their um, spirit. Um, people come here to do kundalini yoga and breath work, which is... I mean, I actually think that it's a little bit more powerful even than the plant medicine modality. It's breath and it's um, amazing. And so I hold, uh, I do some private kundalini retreats for people and also um, some classes here in my cabin and on the land. Um, People come for just ceremony. So like moon circles or rituals, moon rituals or just seasonal rituals, which is an opportunity to just um, kind of reinvent and reimagine prayer, community, sort of communing with nature, reconnecting with some kind of source intuition. And then all of those things are sort of bound together with this thing that I think, I I guess I'll call it elemental healing. So water, earth, air, and fire. So hot and cold water, lots of time by the fire, a lot of time on the earth, bare feet um, in in the elements. Um, And so all of those things sort of mix together. Um, in different proportions and different sort of cocktails, I guess. Um, yeah. And it really is, you know, each retreat ends up being kind of a, a really unique reflection of whoever is here and whatever it is they need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so interesting. So it's it's kind of like, you know, how I'm thinking of it right now is people coming to Rootstock Retreat as they are with some sort of willingness and intention to move through a journey um, that they 
know when they come out on the other side, you know, they're going to be different or um, on a different level of consciousness, maybe. Definitely. And I think, you know, there's, I would say, you know, I also, part of the, my little, my business model is also this little Airbnb and some of the accommodations that I rent. And so there's actually kind of two funnels in. So there's like the regular folk who have no idea what they're about to like arrive into. <laughs> um, and then there's people that are seeking me out and, and making it, uh, making a real effort to, to get here. And it's so beautiful to kind of witness that the folks that maybe don't realize, um, you know, that they're even in need of healing and they just wanted to book a little cabin somewhere and get away to arrive mm. into a getaway where you're not actually escaping anything. You're sort of arriving into a real, like a new kind of reality, um, which is one where mm -hmm. your thoughts and your feelings are where they matter, where there's some deep presence to really be curious about why you do what you do and how you're doing it. And um, it's neat. So there's definitely people that, that don't necessarily know that they're ripe for transformation that, that, that arrive here. Um, and then there's folks that are seeking it out. And I would say, I don't know, maybe it's 50, 50 right now in terms of, um, the distribution of, of how people get here. Yeah. That's so interesting. It's like they're intuitively, you know, following their, their call to, to show up. It feels up a little sneaky. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's uh, but yeah. it's part of the it's part of the it's part of the work you know I think you know preaching to the choir like people that know that they need to change people that are seeking out medicine people people that are seeking out um, big experiences and transformation um, are already kind of got a leg up in this moment and in, in this world and it's the folks that are still kind of asleep um, that that are in need of some like like nurturing and cajoling and so it feels really in line with my mission of being able to kind of be a space holder, not just for folks that understand what space holding is, but for folks that are new to that concept. Mm -hmm. And so with the plant medicine, um, how you're taking people on a journey through that part of the four, yeah. um, are you, is it that you're there? It's a, a way they can reach their subconscious easier and faster so they can connect more deeply with who they are, what their purpose is, and, and, and they can see with a, a better clarity? Yeah. I mean, yes and no. You know, I think, you know, I'll mm -hmm. just like, actually today, this day that we're recording this podcast is the 20th anniversary of Terrence McKenna's death. Um, and, um, you know, the, the, the work of plant medicine and the Renaissance that's happening right now is so profoundly exciting and so important. And there are so many ways in to think about how to do that work and how to hold it. And like, why do people do it? Um, you know, it, the, 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 the mere act of just helping somebody sort of, um, get in touch with what their consciousness looks like is actually, you know, there's lots of ways to do that. I mean, yoga can do that and, mm -hmm. um, breath work can do that and, um, solitude can, there's so many ways to do that. Um, the mm -hmm. plant medicine, I feel like is there's like in a, there's an efficiency component and there's also like an interconnected component. And so working with earth medicine, and kind of uniting a human being with, you know, plant, a fungus, mineral, 
essences and, 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 and uniting them with that medicine, there's like this, this alchemy that happens where um, people remember and are sort of like awakened to um, just the magic that's in the earth and all around us. And so there's a, um, on one hand, it's about their consciousness, and then on on the on the other hand, and sort of on the bigger picture, it's about our connected consciousness, about our collective consciousness. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think you know most of the people that seek out plant medicine, at least in the last year and a half or so, are folks that read Michael Pollan's book. Um, I don't know if you've read that book yet, um, How to Change Your Mind. Um, So many people have like read that book and basically um, feel sort of safe and legitimate (laughs) to seek out that experience Mm -hmm. now. And it's a real service to humanity that he that he that he put that out there. Um, So a lot of folks are, you know, sort of read that book and then are curious. And there's the path Mm -hmm. of kind of going down the um, a mainstream therapeutic mode where you see if there's any studies that are happening that you can get yourself into at Johns Hopkins or NYU or wherever, mm-hmm. or you kind of go underground and try to find um, a guide or a medicine keeper who can give you some tips, you know? And so I think mm-hmm. more and more people are just seeking out that experience in whatever way they can find it. And it's going to happen, you know, whether or not, um, whether or not people are sort of supporting it. And so for me, it feels really, yeah, it just feels like a beautiful privilege and blessing to be able to support people to explore that, that modality in a way that does no harm. Right. Yeah. And, uh, Michael's book was really incredible for me. Um, cause I, you know, first got interested in this kind of plant medicine because of trauma. And so how trauma rewires the brain and you sort of, it can feel, I mean, I don't think, I'm not sure if this is actually the case, but it can just feel like you're stuck in these patterns of trauma and it can be really difficult to rewire your brain on your own. Absolutely. Um, And I know that these types of plant medicines have been indicated for this a lot of things, but one is, is this particular support in healing or helping rewire your brain out of the trauma. Totally. Um, and so that is really what brought me into it. And reading his book really did put my mind at mm, ease. Good. Um, and to, even just listening to him on, on a podcast, he was on the Medicine Stories podcast, uh, and he did a whole uh, talk with Amber, the host on like this exact yeah I listened thing, to that you know, too totally yeah it, it was yeah phenomenal. yeah um so yeah it is really well important. and it's and, and it's safe when you are when you take care mm-hmm. and so you know being able to sort of hold space for folks to understand all about preparation dosage set setting and integration um allows for a kind of container where really amazing things can happen you know what led me to plant medicine mm-hmm. was my own post-traumatic stress disorder, my own trauma, my own um, sort of uh, dysfunction and really faulty programming. And, and Mm -hmm. it was not so much about, um, you know, there's, I think there's a lot of people that sort of think that they're going to 
you know, drink the tea, um, you know, cry and then emerge healed. And I can just speak to the fact that that's not totally how it works. Um, and that it's not some silver bullet or, 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 um, shortcut. Um, it's definitely, uh, like a rocket ship to the source of the pain and it, and it provides that kind of like Eagle perspective, like big picture, sharp focus, um, context, but what to then do with it is where guides are supportive, where, um, where there's all kinds of other modalities that are useful, which is one of the reasons why I sort of hold the plant medicine alongside some of the, the breath work that I do and some of the truth consulting that I do is it's, you know, once you, once you see the pattern that you're stuck in, once you see the slope that you've been sledding down for the last 40 years, um, you know, in a cerebral way, you can say, oh, I see why I'm doing that. And I see why I was brought to do that. But then that that's usually when, you know, a more supportive kind of web uh, of, 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 yeah, healing modalities and just perspectives is really helpful to um, invite new, new ways of creating new patterns. If that makes sense. Oh, yeah, it makes complete yeah. sense. And, and that's, I think, what's so special about this unique modality, you know, it's very unique. It's um, beautiful. So, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. I, you know, I, mm-hmm. I've been, it, it's, it's one of those things where it's, you know, it's, it's still illegal. And, and mm-hmm. I've, you know, it's not, um, yeah, it's like this, it, it's, it's a little bit crazy, because it's very um, gentle. It's very sweet. It's very effective. Uh, it's very useful and it's also still kind of shrouded in like a little bit of taboo and like a little bit of risk. Um, and I think that mm-hmm. one of the things that I've been trying to navigate um, with my work at Rootstock is just how to be able to hold this medicine, knowing that people are going to do it regardless of whether or not they have support um, and and just just, you know, provide provide some guidance and provide some context and provide some help for people to do it in a way where it isn't recreational. It isn't frivolous. It isn't self-indulgent. It's actually in service to, you know, um, growth and healing and sort of restoring justice, restoring compassion, restoring empathy, all the things that our soul sick world is starving for. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it can be frustrating to me when you, it's very clear that there's a plant medicine modality that not only does all of the things that you're talking about, but has clear and legitimate like case studies, many, many, many case studies for people that have have brain injuries or have suffered strokes um, and have recovered back to their um, their normal uh, movement in their arms and their legs and they can function now because of this modality totally. um and it's really important that we see you know the power of it and clearly at this point you know it's being used in um uh, psychological uh locations with a trained psychotherapist are getting trained uh to use this modality too um yeah. So it's really and many of those, mm-hmm. I mean, I think, you know, it's interesting because I'm, I'm new to sort of holding the work in this way, but I'm old to the medicine um, and to the mm-hmm. scene. 
um, you know, my first experience with psychedelics was over 25 years ago and I had a pretty good sustained, um, <laughs> we'll say like dance, um, with basically all of them for a good long time. And, um, and it wasn't, it, it wasn't, I wasn't holding it in a sacred way and I wasn't doing it, uh, for my highest healing. It was probably, uh, pretty reckless and like kind of escapist, which I think is not uncommon for many kids that uh, sort of begin to experiment with this stuff. Um, and it was really, um, it was, a. I had a, I had an incredible, incredible transformational moment. I had, um, ended up getting divorced. I, I was married and divorced and the, the guy that I, um, married had a real, like serious drug addiction. Um, and in the course of, and it was a, you know, hard experience in a lot of ways. And when I emerged on the other side of that divorce, I basically decided that I wasn't going to do any kind of substances. Like I basically stopped drinking. I stopped any kind of experimentation with LSD and psilocybin or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, everything. I just, I stopped smoking weed, everything. And, um, and, and I, and I, you know, carried on my life and it was great. And, and well, I don't know, it was great. I carried on my life. And, um, you know, I ended up um, many, many, many years later finding myself um, actually right when I moved into this cabin here um, before it was officially rootstock, it, you know, I had like landed and for the first time in my adult life had enough stillness and enough, I guess, emotional maturity to realize that I was like in deep need of like deep healing. Um, and I had a good friend of mine had this experience in Brazil many years earlier. And I just never forgot the look in his eyes when he came home from that experience. And it was this really synchronistic moment where I hadn't talked to him in years. Um, and this very dark night, right after my, my, my cat died and I was just like extra low, um, he called me out mm. of the blue and, you know, like it had been years and I just remembered that look in his eyes. And, and um, amazingly, I said, you know, what was that place that you went to? Where did you go? What happened to you there? And about four months later, I was on a plane to the southern tip of Brazil to have a, like a two-week ayahuasca seminar with Luis Eduardo Luna and Dr. Bill Richards and a number of other pretty heady, um, amazing thought leaders in the world of um, plant medicine and, and ayahuasca. And that two weeks was so pivotal because I was able to basically integrate almost 25 years of non-integrated experience, which was a moment of me recognizing how malleable time is and how healing can go backwards and forwards. Um, and, and also it was, you know, I had two weeks to, to, to absorb the wisdom of these, of these people that have been holding this for 40, over 40 years. Um, and so to, to, to kind of, experienced, you know, two weeks of lectures with, with Dr. Bill, um, and also to journey alongside of him was this really, really, really transitional moment for me. And I didn't know that I was going to pick up this work when I came home. Um, but there were a lot of clues, um, that were starting to kind of lead me here. And that, so that was like the moment of really just saying like, this is important and it is in me. And I, 
I want to, I want to hold that space. Like this is, this is, it was profound what I was able to glean from two weeks. Um, and what I see people shift in, in 12, 24 and 36 hours is humbling in the most, in the most awesome ways. It's just, it's very, very, very useful. And, um, when held with reverence and intention, um, it's safe and, um, beautiful. And so it's, it's mm-hmm. just some of my work. So I'm doing it. And so <clears throat> when the, I guess, typical age group or average age group of folks that come up to the retreat um, and do this. Like, who are these you? people? <laughs> yeah. yeah like, um, how, what, what does that look like? You know, there've been, I've been very, very, very blessed to um, have facilitated over 50 plant medicine retreats since I decided to kind of call this in and see a, you know, is this, is this, do I have a gift for this? Is this something that I'm, should be doing and, and also, you know, an opportunity to like, listen to my land as well. Like, is this also the, some of the healing that this land wants to hold? It's been a, it's been a big conversation, um, within and around me about whether or not to do this. And, um, each journey just confirms yes. And so I would say, you know, of the, of all of the people that have come to, to Rootstock to experience this medicine, interestingly enough, probably like 60% of them, maybe even greater are, older than the age of 60. So most of the folks that are coming here are actually sort of like the generation that was um, awake for the summer of love. Like many of these folks have had maybe one experience um, back in the 60s, you know, read Michael Pollan's book and it sort of reignited something. But many of the many of the folks that are coming here are um, past middle age um, in their sort of last chapter. And a lot of the work has to do with um, fear of mortality, um, forgiveness. I've been working with folks that are um, processing sort of like unmetabolized grief around loss of loved ones, um, actively working with people that are kind of coming to terms with their cancer diagnoses um, and trying to figure out how to live um, with with that diagnosis in a way that's not sort of debilitating. Um, a lot of anxiety and depression um, is, is also kind of what draws people here. So it's mostly older folks um, and it's mostly folks that are ready to um, put, put down a bag they've been carrying for a long time. Wow. That's it's, amazing. It's so, it's so beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, if you don't like me asking, because I can't help my curiosity, um, when, even if it's just like one or two examples of something, I'm just so curious how one, um, when these folks come, when they move through that, so all of those things that they're coming for kind of come up to the surface, and then there's a moment to be sort of held and kind of process that, and then when the journey is sort of wrapping up, they kind of feel, you know, like a lot of it was released. Or yeah, that, you know, it's, it's, it's different for everybody, but there's kind of a similar trajectory. So I would say, you know, I mean, most of the people that I'm working with here, I, I have like kind of a sustained I sort of, I mean, I, I talk about truth consulting and like, that's basically sort of like the new name for the business 
experience that I share now where I realize that it's, I don't really want to do business as usual anymore. And so I kind of have like evolved it. But so basically what happens is, you know, if somebody, so somebody reaches out and they say, I'm interested in this experience. And um, that begins a sort of, I would say like pretty intensive conversation around why. Um, and so we do a consult mm -hmm. and that's an opportunity to understand a little bit about their mental health uh, history, you know, what called them to this medicine, what do they think is on the other side of this experience, what are their expectations, um, how prepared are they to change anything about the way they're moving through their lives, you know, I'm pretty, um, I'm pretty, like, there's like a, a kind of a, a radical honesty that infuses all of the work that I do, which is not always like the softest <laughs> kind of thing, but it's, but it's loving and it's directed at the highest healing. And so I, I really, I work hard to understand who these people are um, and what's bringing them here. Um, and so the preparation phase, you know, can be, you, you know, pretty, pretty extensive. I have a, a little intake form where there's um, questions for them to think about and some journaling prompts. And so there's like a lot of meditation and contemplation um, before they even arrive here. Um, once yeah. they get here, um, that's an opportunity to just sort of let our breath synchronize, you know, let our just like be sort of grounded. Um, and so I'll use any variety of techniques that I hold. Sometimes it's just tea um, and conversation. Sometimes it's a little kundalini. Sometimes it's a walk up to the dragon rock, you know, it depends on the person and sort of how, how nervous or sort of um, you know, uh, uh, you know, amped they are. Um, but we'll do like a good amount of grounding and just kind of connection. Um, there's a, a deep conversation around the actual sort of arc of the journey. So from the first dose to the sort of like tapering off of the effects, I spend a lot of time to make sure that people understand and have agency over sort of how intense and how long the duration is. Um, the medicine is never a hundred percent. It's not a linear experience by any means. Um, but there are, there are, um, there are ways to work with the various kinds of medicines to make sure that you're understanding the kind of dosage that you're, that you're suggesting. So we have a conversation a little bit about, you know, what kind of intensity, um, do they, do they, you know, what, how does that even land for them? The thought of, you know, how intense an experience they feel ready for. Um, and so I sort of support them to be able to, in the process, have some ability to say like, I want to go further. I want to go deeper, or I'm going to just ride <laughs> what I'm riding right now. Um, mm. music is a really, 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 really powerfully essential piece of the experience. So I, um, create a custom playlist for each person or each group that's journeying here. And a lot of the content is sort of rooted a little bit in what they share with me, some of their lineage. So I, I learn a little bit about where their roots are. And so it's really like this very kind of comprehensive experience. And some of the arc of the music is also very deliberate and guided to bring them into dark or hard places and then bring them from them. And so, you know, between the arrival here, the sort of the ceremony that we begin before we sit down. So there's like a, an actual 
um, a ceremony where we speak the intentions, where we sort of create a sacred container with our guides, with our ancestors. It's this very integrated kind of experience. And there's plenty of people that I've worked with that are sort of new to that woo-woo aspect of, you know, creating a container um, who are then very, very, very grateful for having called those spirits in because they've been very present for them in their journey, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. And so depending on... um, you know, the person there and their experience from the first uh, dosage of their medicine to the end, you know, it's anywhere between, you know, I guess, um, five and eight hours of sort of altered state, um, during which time I literally sit next to them and um, help them breathe through tension, help them open if they're closing, um, laugh together a lot, you know, um, tissues for mm-hmm. tears. I take dictation. So there's like, I can't tell you how many times somebody has said to me, like, don't let me forget. Don't let me forget. Don't let me forget. You know, <laughs> and then the thing that they say, you know, like they want me to like not let them forget is like that it's okay to put it down. You know, it's like these massive revelations. Um, and so that are just so simple <laughs> and sweet, you know. And so, so they just kind of ride through it. And then as they emerge from the journey, Um, I have um, tea and a beautiful spread of food. Food is also medicine. And so that's an opportunity to, if, if somebody's coming here struggling with weight or struggling with their relationship with food, it's another kind of component where I can share something really deliberate and careful to kind of open them and, and heal them a little bit. And then there's time to integrate and integration often happens in the wood fired hot tub um, where they'll go and sort of breathe right now, cold winter air under the moonlit sky and, and come back inside um, with some, with some revelations, some insights. Um, And so that's, you know, like kind of like a, like a snapshot of the flow of the day. And, you know, the following morning, we close the ceremony, we sort of name some of what came up. And then some of my work is to support them to understand how to integrate it. So how to bring whatever came up for them back into their lives. And again, there are folks, and this is where it's great to have an incredible toolbox of healing modalities, but also an incredible community of healers, because there are folks that emerge from this experience um, who really could benefit from like, building an altar, for example, and um, offering forgiveness and gratitude to whomever. And there's folks that emerge from this who actually like need to incorporate some kind of breathing or yoga practice into their life to sort of keep them grounded and well. There are people that emerge Mm -hmm. from it um, who plug right into the monthly moon circle as a way of being able to flex the muscle of staying vulnerable in community and with people and sort of healing together. And so, you know, I, it's not uncommon for me to like, I guess, quote unquote, prescribe um, some homework for integration, you know, and it involves writing and it involves ceremony and, um, and then we stay in touch. So I, you know, you know, check in on them the next day that they've gone home and then a week later. um, And I'm very blessed that of the, of the 50 or so folks that I've, I've, 
supported in this way, I can say that like many of them are now dear friends and like a lot of them also feel like family. It's like, it's like hard to, you know, every journey that happens here, like heals me a little bit too. Um, and so it's mm-hmm. really like a very symbiotic, very, um, um, what's the word? I don't know. It's just, it's just like very, very special to be able to be so vulnerable, so real um, with, with peeps mm-hmm. and to be able to show them that it, it actually is like fortifying and not weakening to, to take the armor off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that's when, you know, you're doing the work and you're holding space, um, that resonates with me, with the folks that come to the yurt. It's a very similar, um, mm. feeling in the end and you'd, you'd feel like you have a new family yeah. and, it's, it's so yeah, incredible. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's like we, we're mm-hmm. so desperate for connection. I mean, I think so much of the, so much of the plant medicine work ultimately comes back to um, being able to connect, you know, like connect mm-hmm. with your partner, connect with your family or disconnect consciously, mm-hmm. you know, but it, a lot of it has to do with relationships and how to inhabit them in a way that feels good. Yeah, mm-hmm. which feels, you know, particularly yeah. relevant. I I was thinking the other day about how many um, marriages right now with COVID where, you know, the dude's not watching football and she's not, you know, going to the, like, I was just thinking about how many relationships mm-hmm. right now are really being tested because people are not mm-hmm. distracted. <laughs> yeah. Right. There's going to yeah. be a lot of babies and a lot of divorces at the other side of this, I think. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we're definitely moving through a healing journey with this virus. I feel it. Um, All individually, you know, in our own way. And we're going to come out the other side very different. Indeed. It is kind of like a journey. It's, you know, it's like everything in nature brings you through a journey, whether it's um, plant medicine or psilocybin or a virus. That's one of the things I love about my work is like, it's a metaphor. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's it's all metaphor, you know, like you come, you have this experience, you have these expectations, you wanted to do something, you leave, you know, it's like every single, I, I say to most of my, like the retreat participants, like, this is just a pocket. This is just a fold in time. The real trip starts when you go home and see your wife tomorrow that's Mm -hmm. when the journey begins, you know, and like this idea that somehow we need to like escape our lives in order to see our lives. um, It's just true. You know, we do need, we do need tools Mm -hmm. to, to get perspective. And I think at the end of the day, that's mostly what I, what I'm trying to offer, but in this little kaleidoscope of ways, like, all right, if plant medicine isn't, isn't your way of sort of getting in touch with your neuroses, then maybe Kundalini can help. And if Kundalini can't help, then maybe, you know, the vulnerability you feel in circle with other human beings that want to hold your hand might, might bring it up. You know, there's all these ways. (laughs) Yeah. And, and so that's a good moment for us to kind of turn to Kundalini a little bit, because I, I know, um, we still have some time here, but in our second segment, we're going to do some breath work with you, which I'm really excited to share, to do yeah. myself, because <laughs> I've done, you know, certain breath works, but not kundalini. So um, I don't have a lot of knowledge about what kundalini is. Um, I'd love it if you could just explain it a little bit. You can even share with us, you know, like what brought you to it and how it's how it's changed and helped you too. Oh my God. Kundalini has like saved my life. Um, like it saves my life like every day. This, this modality, it's so, 
it's so potent and it's so efficient. Um, and I think that one of the things that I've always struggled with, you know, I've tried like a million kinds of yoga. I've tried, you know, I've always been so open to just wanting a practice that I can like, like have as my own. And in all of my attempts to plug into different kinds of yoga, different kinds of meditation, different, you know, whatever, um, it, there's always been this kind of, um, I don't know, kind of like anticlimacticness of either not feeling good at it, which then sort of like undermined the value of what it was giving me, or it just being boring and not actually sort of being something that ultimately like sustained me over time. Um, and I had encountered Kundalini, you know, in a couple different ways over the course of probably the last 10 years, uh, you know, a little yoga studio here, a little, um, a little um, connection with a person that did it over there. Like, so I was aware that there was this practice. I didn't know anything about it either. I remember having done Breath of Fire, which we're going to do together. Um, um, <laughs> I remember doing Breath of Fire like 10 years ago and being completely lit like so excited about how fucking awesome I felt when I was done and mm. and then you know time moves and things move and you just don't kind of hold on to it there wasn't a studio there wasn't a person I couldn't afford it whatever um and then basically I would say it's kind of like a winding road but like a shamanic apprenticeship that I did with um, Indigenous Roots Institute, Sierra McPheeters, um, sort of opened me up to, at the time, my my spirit animal was snake medicine. And that was a really, really, really kind of pivotal moment of, of I guess, me, Shakti, and also just like my relationship with my own power and sort of coming into a healthier relationship with that, which led me to the ayahuasca experience, which is also big snake medicine. Um, and so there was kind of like this slithering, winding movement. And and Kundalini was just sort of like, weirdly, like the next destination on, on that path mm. where it was just like snake sort of brought me here in this very um, spiralic kind of winding way. And basically, you know, what Kundalini yoga is um, it's ancient um, form of yogic technology. It is mantra, mudra, kriya, pranayama, and meditation. So it's basically sound current. Mm -hmm. It is movement of the of the physical body. Um, it is really intense um, and deliberate breathing, um, and also mudras, which are sort of hand positions. Um, and I think one of the things that I really appreciate about it is that uh, I, I think the sound current is actually it's the nod, you know, the Shabbat guru. It's like this, the, the idea that, um, that you can meditate with sound, that you can move with sound, that you can heal with sound. As soon as I realized that my meditation practice could involve chanting, could involve music, could involve sound, it was really easy for me to plug into it. Because me sitting alone trying to quiet my mind like Buddha, like that's bullshit. That's not my jam. And I, and I always just felt like a failure. I just felt like it just never, ever, ever resonated for me. Um, but you turn the gong on and all of a sudden everything yeah. is different. And it's like I can yeah. sit in meditation for 60 minutes with my mind empty 
if there's gong on or if there's mantra on. So it was really, it just, it allowed me to really sit longer. It allowed me to move longer. It was just really, really cool. So I guess um, what to say about it. It it was, it was protected by like all the cave yogis um, in India Um, And it was, you know, practiced by men. And it was this really kind of sacred, secret superpower. Um, And in the um, 1960s, a guy by the name of Yogi Bhajan um, got radical and decided that he was going to um, share this modality, this technology with the Western world in preparation for the Aquarian age. So he, his belief, and, and I believe it too, is that, you know, the the pressures of the Aquarian age, which we're just now starting to wrap our heads around, um, you know, this information overload, this kind of like extremely fast technology, this like high pressure kind of environment requires human beings to, to function in a different way. And so he saw this, this yoga as being very relevant for exactly what's unfolding in our world right now. And so he sort of broke rank and brought it to Canada and then to LA and made it a point to teach this yoga to um, the Westerners. And, um, Mm -hmm. and so it began and it's, you know, I think there's a lot of people that kind of look at the turban wearing all white wearing um, practitioners of this yoga and just assume it's a cult or that it's like religious or that it's just too weird. And, you know, I, whatever, I get it. Um, but I think that all (laughs) it's fine. You know, it's, I mean, like the, the, it took me a lot of, um, we'll say a lot of breath work to be able to like don my headdress to teach my first yoga class. Cause I'm not a Sikh. And I'm not, um, you know, like that's not my lineage or my heritage, but there is a very clear reason why you cover your head when you're teaching a yoga class. And so for me, it's like, okay, there's, this is part of the technology and it happens to look this certain Mm -hmm. way, but actually every single little movement, every single little choice has a very practical, um, reason why. And so ultimately the Kundalini is the yoga of self-awareness. And so this isn't about... Mm looking good in like Lululemon yoga pants. It's not about physical strength. It's about um, managing your subconscious thought forms in a way that allows them to not interfere with your daily functioning so that you can move through the world sovereign, clear, attentive to what matters and in service to the people that need you. So, you know, the cleaning out your subconscious and taking care to keep yourself strong and, and radiant is actually like a form of activism and a form of not polluting the world with your neurotic bullshit. <laughs> and that really resonates for me. I, um, I, I'm all for yeah. it. And so, um, so that's my kind of interpretation of what it is and how it works. <laughs> It's per- it that was amazing. I'm <laughs> sold. I'm really I'm really excited to try it. So this is perfect timing. So we're totally ready now to just take um, a quick break here and get ready and prepared for the next segment where we will do the, the e- what is it called? Ego eradicator. This is my right? work, dude. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm so excited. The ego eradicator. If everybody um, wants to just um, either sit on a, a floor pillow or sit on the floor, um, just to kind of have like maybe get a glass of water um, for after the exercise, but just find a little spot where you can sit um, relatively comfortably um, for three minutes. Okay. Perfect. So, so let's go ahead okay. and take a break and we'll get situated and Sounds we'll be right wonderful. back. Hello again, Dina. Hi, hi, honey. <laughs> okay, so I've done what you said, and I am on a little blanket on my yoga mat with some water nearby. Perfection. Um, do you want to maybe just explain this? Um, Totally. exercise for us? Yeah, that sounds great. So we're going to do um, what's called the ego eradicator. And this is um, pranayama. So this is breath work. And basically this, um, this, this kriya, this, this exercise is only three minutes, um, which is another component of kundalini that's wonderful is it's kind of short bursts often. Um, or very long ones, but like, this is a nice short burst. So it'll be three minutes. And this is, um, I'm going to be really curious to hear your experience after it, Diana. Mm -hmm. Um, this is basically, um, an exercise that you can do, um, anytime you are feeling low energy and you need to raise your energy, or if you're feeling really anxious, um, this is a way to ground yourself. So much like some sort of mushroom allies that we know, this is like a very adaptogenetic <laughs> um, kind of breath work where it can shift you down if you need to go down or up if you need to go up. Um, the breathing technique itself is incredibly purifying for your blood. Um, it's going to feed your brain oxygen. It's going to feed all of your organs oxygen. Um, and it's going to change how you feel. So just take a minute right now to sort of feel your body and feel the quality of your mind. Um, and then we'll check in again on the other side. <laughs> okay. I'm going to put my speaker down so I don't breathe like a wild animal. I'm going to probably <laughs> breathe. I'm probably going to breathe like a wild animal. So just breathe with me, but I'll put some music on. So basically, um, so I'll describe the posture and then I'll share a little video with you, Diana, so that you can share it on, on your Patreon or whatever to show people what it actually looks like. But what you're doing is you're sitting in what's called easy pose. So, um, you know, cross-legged on the floor or on a meditation pillow. And then what you're going to do is stick both of your thumbs up, like thumbs up, and now raise your arms up into a V. So basically your elbows go straight up and your arms are in a V and you're like this kind of um, nice strong posture. So it's like straight back, locked neck. Can you kind of feel that mm -hmm. sensation? Okay. You can bring your arms down. That's what we're going to, we're going to, that's where we're going to do the breathing. Um, the breathing itself is in and out through the nose, powerful, strong. And so what we want is we want for the inhale and the exhale to be equal in length. And so if you find, you know, a minute or two minutes into this um, that you need to slow down, no problem, slow down, but slow down in equal proportion. So is one way of sort of seeing the equal inhale and exhale or there's a slower version of it. Make sense? Yes. 
All right. And at the end of the exercise, I'm going to invite you um, and all the listeners here to, to, to bring your thumbs together over your head and you kind of like basically make like a, you go from the thumbs up in the V position to you bring your thumbs over your head, you stick your fingers up with your arms over your head, and I'm going to invite you to do something that's called pulling your root lock. And so before we do that, just try it now. So your root lock is your sphincter, your rectum, your navel, your sex organs. Squeeze all of that like up and in and create a bunch of tension in that lower part of your body. Can you feel that sensation? It's kind of like a Kegel, but a little bit more. Yeah, definitely. All right. So that's how we're going to end this. So when I say pull the root lock, that's what I'm talking about. It's also called the molabanda. Okay. Make sense? Yep. Are you ready to go? So ready. Oh. Oh, one last little thing. Mm -hmm. I'm going to, so I'm going to play mantra behind this. So it's not just me heavy breathing in your ears. Um, <laughs> but um, the mantra that I'm playing is by a band called White Sun. And one of the members of that band is one of my teachers, um, one of my teacher trainers, Hardy Jivan. Um, but the mantra is also medicine. And so the mantra that I picked for us to breathe with today, too, is called Rogante. Um, and Rogante is a sound current that is... Um, medicinal in sort of returning back to in utero trauma. Um, and so it's basically a sort of like a code that can run in your subconscious that sort of returns to that in utero phase of development in your cells and your body and starts to kind of recode and sort of um, integrate and sort of like uh, help, um, yeah, heal that, that trauma. And so that's another neat aspect of kundalini is in addition to the purifying of the blood and all of that other good stuff you can do this kind of um a deeper um kind of ancestral healing almost so this is a, a double whammy excellent all right so <laughs> we're going to tune in like we would in any kind of kundalini yoga class and so in this moment what i want you to do is just bring your palms together and rub your palms together and just create a little bit of friction a little bit of heat and then I'm going to chant um, Ong Namo, Guru Dev Namo, three times. And for those of you listening along and you, Diana, um, move your upper palate, move your tongue, vibrate your mouth. doesn't have to be the exact same sounds, but just um, activate the, the, um, the vibration in your mouth. So take a deep inhale through your nose and release through your nose. And now we'll breathe in to tune in. So deep inhale. Oh. Oh. 
Take a deep inhale through your nose. Suspend the breath. Hold the breath. And release. We do one more chant to protect the practice. And again, this is chanted three times. And uh, feel free to also vibrate and make sounds and just activate your, your palate and your tongue and your throat. God Kadename Chu God Kadename Sad Kadename Siddhi Guru Deve Name God Kadename Chu God Kadename Sad Kadename Siddhi Guru Deve Name Sad Kadename Chu God Kadename Sad Kadename Siddhi Guru Deve Name Take an inhale. And release. So just as a reminder, the ego eradicator, um, with a name like that, you can imagine that it's going to be a little challenging. And so just, you know, with this kind of breath work, um, it triggers anxiety sensations for some folks where they feel like they're hyperventilating or they get a little lightheaded or numb. That is good. And just, um, just, uh, just trust your body. Trust yourself um, and recognize that this is um, really powerful medicine, okay? So what I want you to do is bring your thumbs up over your uh, head in a V shape, like 60 degrees. I want you to close your eyes, and I'm going to time us. For three minutes, we're going to do Breath of Fire with Rogan Tay. So just close your eyes, put your hands up over your head. And let's begin. Halfway there, keep going. 
Okay, now taking a deep inhale, bring your thumbs up over your head, touching, stretch your fingers up to the sky. Take a deep, deep, deep inhale and pull the root lock, pull the mullabun, squeeze your rectum, navel, sex organs up and in, stretch up to the sky and just hold it. Release the breath, but keep the hands up. Take another deep inhale, fill your lungs as full as you can, reach to the sky. Pull that mullabund tight. Create tension, 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 tension. Release the breath. Keep the hands up. And we'll do one more. Very, very, very deep inhale. Hold the breath as long as you're able. Pull the mullabund. Squeeze the rectum, navel, sex organs up and in. Stretch your arms up to the sky. Move the kundalini energy, raise it from your sacrum, up, spiraling up, 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 out the crown of your head. And when you're ready to release, do it with a cannon fire. And just keep your eyes closed. Feel the sensations in your body. Feel the quality of your mind. Sense the openings. Sense the stuckness. And just feel yourself. You can open your eyes, look around, <laughs> and just, yeah, Diana, how, how do you feel? I feel really excellent. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm still vibrating, mm. um, but through the breath work itself, <coughs> um, I was really impressed with myself. I went right in and yeah. found the rhythm pretty quick and I, I wasn't expecting that. Um, but towards the middle, I did feel this sort of strenuous mm -hmm. feeling. Yeah. Um, and my, I kept wanting to take like a longer sip of breath, mm -hmm. um, but kept trying to recalibrate and keep the pattern. Mm -hmm. um, and towards the very end, I really felt um, the strenuous feeling and then also not my mind, but more like my body just wanting to get more. It, my lungs just wanted to take a deep breath in, not a quick one. Mm -hmm. um, so I kept having to catch that. Um, and then the in the end, um, in the pulling up, you know, I really started to feel and I heated up. I got really hot. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and then the pulling up was really interesting. Um, but I'm still, I'm just shocked. I'm surprised because I've been feeling so crummy and headachy and having a lot of issues with hormones. And, um, you know, my womb is really shifting into a new place mm -hmm. in my life. And I'm having to kind of go along with it, even though I don't want to. Mm -hmm. um, 
And so I've been struggling physically. And so I'm shocked that I was able to do such a strenuous thing with ease. Um, Yeah, I'm so glad. I mean, your body, even though it is strenuous, I think our bodies innately know that we are feeding them, you know, like that, even though there's like that desire to have the satisfaction of that big, long, deep breath, um, Mm -hmm. that pumping, you know, like the pump is, is aerating your blood, your, your muscles, your organs in a way that, that it rarely gets so much fresh oxygen, so pumping through it. Um, and so I feel like our bodies, even when it's really hard, um, have this kind of wiring in them to just allow it and enable it. Um, because Mm -hmm. I think they know that it's medicine. When I, when Mm -hmm. I do the ego eradicator, um, so there's a lot of different ways to do that particular breath. Another version of it is where you put your hands just on your knees and you stick your tongue out of your mouth and you pant like a dog. And I find, and that's also like both of these breaths are like powerful immune boosters. And I think that with the, with the reality of the respiratory issues that are sort of attributed to Mm COVID-19, it's really, um, you don't need to like buy this on Amazon. There's no wait list. It doesn't cost any money. Yeah. You know, it's like, this is very useful. Um, but I find that having my arms up over my head, I can feel all kinds of sharp pains and like, it's, it's yeah. not at all comfortable. Um, mm-hmm. But the release for me is like this moment of all of those little pains that kind of emerged. It's like this kind of flush, you know, where like the stuckness, the aches, the stagnation, you kind of stir it up and then like blow it out. And it, and it, um, you know, that was just three minutes. And, you know, I, I'd be curious for you to check in with yourself in an hour or two hours um, and see because yeah. it actually really does have staying power. And there's also a tonifying kind of effect to this breath work where if you were to integrate even one minute of that into your morning routine before you hop in the shower um, mm. over the course of a week, you're a different person. That sounds really good right now. Yeah, it's really <laughs> helpful. Really helpful. Yeah, I mean, I I felt the flush. Yeah, good. Uh, it kind of like moved down my arms mm-hmm. from my because I've all the tension on the past few weeks have been in my neck and shoulders mm-hmm. with migraines and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I felt it kind of move down my arms, and I do feel a lot lighter. Mm-hmm. My head feels lighter. Mm-hmm. Um, good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the rest of the day and just kind of you know, paying attention to. Yeah. Take what, note, you know. take note. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, it's also, you could, you could look at that little, that, that little exercise is just like a little, a little, a little um, tool or a little gift to put in your medicine bag. And I think that, you know, if, yeah. if after lunch or, you know, if the kids are having a hard time going to sleep or if you kind of have an altercation or so shit's hard or whatever, it's to kind of just duck away for a few minutes and breathe like mm-hmm. that is, it releases anger, it releases anxiety, it's, it's a leveler. Um, and it's, I think it's helping to keep me not just sane, but actually like clear, you know? Yeah. 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 I feel that I feel grounded in my root, like the bottom of my spine feels nice and heavy. And I feel there's like a clarity to it. Yeah. It's super duper clarifying. Mm -hmm. All of the work is teeny little taste of what what exists in that um in that kind of technology and it's really fun to share 
Yeah. Thank you so much for um, sharing that with everyone. Because I feel like right now we've got like parents struggling. We have all kinds of people like really needing even just and especially a quick three minute tool like that's really powerful most of Mm. most of the most of the kundalini um uh, most of the most of what i'm sharing with kundalini you know one two three eleven minutes is like all you need to um to to set yourself in like on that path of clarity or like to to give yourself that little bit of lightness actually when we get off this um call i'm actually radioing into Hazen High School to introduce them to some Kundalini, which I'm super excited about. Yeah, that's so important right now. My goodness. Thank you for doing that. Yeah, I'm I'm glad that they um, asked. Yeah, me too. So how um, can people find you to learn more and access more? Send a raven. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> send a bird. Um, I am, I'm, I'm being forced now more and more to kind of work in the ether. And so I would say um, visiting rootstockretreat.com is a, is definitely like the source of sort of, uh, you know, talks a little bit about how I got to be where I am and, and what I offer here at Rootstock. And so that's a wonderful way to kind of get a little bit more of an understanding of the various things that I'm offering. Um, I'm also, um, holding space right now for two things in the ether. So every Monday night at 5.30 PM Eastern standard time, I'm live streaming Kundalini yoga. So a Kundalini yoga class here from Rootstock. And I have an offering on Patreon where folks that are interested in, in, in doing this with me monthly can sign up and they get some extra tricks like a monthly meditation and some recipes and some of the secret downloads of, of this awesome technology. And so um, that you can find the link to either at patreon.com um, slash rootstock or on my website. And then also I am um, have a really incredible community of women that have come together um, in moon circles over the last bunch of years. And, and, and we had our first virtual moon circle last month. And all of the women basically agreed that the state of the world um, requires a more regular rhythm. And so what I've created is I'm calling it the virtual moon spiral. Um, It's kind of hard to hold a circle in the ether, um, but spirals totally work. And so um, every Friday night at 6 p.m., um, there is a Zoom call um, where women are invited to, those that identify as women are invited to come and um, be heard, share, listen, receive. I mean, it's basically kind of like invented by whoever shows up. So folks that bring songs or poems or um, sound meditation or whatever can kind of come. And it's been a really um, sweet way of just supporting each other in this transition. And just, I think it's, it's particularly important to those of us that are kind of holding healing modalities, those of us that are on this healing journey, like this is the moment that we've been training for. Like, this is, this is, it's, there's no more dress rehearsal. Like this is, this is it. And so how we inhabit this shift and how we show up to this moment is it, it really matters. Um, And so to provide as many different opportunities for folks to stay in their power, to stay connected to their, their energy sources for them to remember that they're guided and, you know, it just feels really important. And so every Friday night at six o'clock, there's a medicine call, the virtual moon spiral, and everybody's welcome. And again, that's just, all of these things are, are free. 
Um, and so you can just dip in if you're curious. And then if you want to stick around and contribute and continue to breathe and spiral together, then um, I always welcome a little, a little help, <laughs> but that's yeah. probably it. And so I am still holding space for medicine retreats. Um, and I have some protocol in place to keep me and my community up here safe. Um, mm -hmm. And so folks that are interested to learn about that, I um, welcome connecting. And so questions around, um, yeah, any questions, microdosing or sort of what medicine to involve themselves mm -hmm. with and or, you know, what feels like the right way to approach that. I, I totally welcome um, supporting people to navigate those things. And so, yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> it's, it's wonderful. And, um, Thank and you. we were going to have you come here in, I think, May to the year, which is now sort of up in the air with everything that's going on. So, um, I still totally want to come and do an yeah. intro to Kundalini, and I'm ho super hopeful that that we um, that we can gather. And even I'll just plant the seed. Even if it's weird and we can't, I'll just say that like yoga mat six feet apart up on your mm -hmm. like in your ancient orchard. Um, yeah, I'm still game. <laughs> okay, <laughs> wonderful. I'll keep that in mind. I do have a lot of space over here. Yeah, so. see, okay, I, yeah, see. I'm hoping the second half of the summer will be alive again, um, and we can continue on. But I'm, so I'm too. really grateful that I could, at the very least, bring you on here and share you with everyone, all the listeners, and anyone who needs the support right now and um, also really grateful for your uh, contribution to my patreon supporters i'm really excited to check that out too oh yeah i'm leaving a goodie for them a one yeah. a one-on-one -on -one. yeah that's exciting mm -hmm. yeah, um, yeah yeah it's been a real a real gift to get to share this with you and i'm grateful for your curiosity and i'm also grateful for all of the service you're providing you're bringing such incredible um, such incredible educational opportunities, empowerment opportunities into our community. And I just, um, it's been really fun to see uh, Mountain Hollow just, you know, grow and bloom and to see you kind of um, do the podcast now. It's just really, it's beautiful. And I'm, um, yeah, I'm happy to, happy to get to co-create a little bit with you and grateful for the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Bean. I've also enjoyed watching Rootstock Bloom. It's it's so awesome that we have so many, like, I call them sister wellness centers. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it's quite a grid up here. It's a pretty sweet grid. We should grid it. Ooh. Yeah, we're, we are lucky. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we really are. We really are. Um, thanks again for the opportunity. I'm really grateful. Yeah. Thank you so much, Bean, and I will talk to you soon. Look forward to it, Di. Take okay. care. You too. Stay well. Keep breathing. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. Yay. Bye. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in to the Dreaming in the Hollow podcast and supporting my mission to bring more light and healing into the world, more accessibility and education on complementary medicinals and topics on healing and support for the journey. Head over to mountainhollowmedicinals.com to learn more about me and what I offer here in the Northern Woods in Vermont. Make sure to stop over at patreon.com slash mountainhollow and subscribe for just $2 a month to receive offerings and gifts from our guests of the podcast, um, tarot readings and meditations and support directly from me. Right now, 
there are over 58 offerings on our Patreon page. Becoming a subscriber to our Patreon page directly supports this business and just offering more and more to our community. Check out the information in the show notes to learn more about the guests on our podcast and any other resources I might share with you. Thank you all. Deep gratitude from my heart to yours. Be well.